those who are visitors and new who are UI students and are here tonight because I know you're writing exams. And in spite of that, you have taken time out to honor this appointment with King Jesus. And the one you have chosen to honor will also honor you in Jesus' name. I celebrate those who are also online. I reckon that some people are also online, some of our students and some of our friends across the globe. Thank you for taking the time to fellowship with us tonight. I reckon and I recognize that. And the Lord will meet you at the point of your need in Jesus' name. Uh, this is the first Bible study in 2023. Glory be to God. We thank God for the opportunity to be alive and well. You know, people don't value these things sometimes. Uh, but it is not cheap to be alive and well. I'm involved pretty much more than ever before with praying for people that are sick. Especially those who have been called terminally ill. I know the despair. I know the sense of hopelessness that is synonymous with some of those conditions. Um, someone was speaking to me earlier today and I sensed the desperation in his voice. As a result of his condition, health conditions, he's lost his sight. And he said to me this afternoon, he said, Pastor, I'm just opening those eyes, but he couldn't see anything. His eyes are wide open, so you stand in front of him and he can't see. But I do know, I mean, those conditions touch me. But I do know also that there is a God who is the healer. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. If he can heal the body, any part of the body, he can heal their eyes as well. The same anointing, the same power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Let's look at, before I get into the word, because this is part of it. I'm in the word already, so let me see before I get into the word. I'm already in the word. Praise God. Let's look at the scripture. And some of you might need to take this home with you and do some meditation on it. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. I want you to spend some, some time meditating on this scripture. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, same spirit, same power, same anointing. If that spirit of him 
that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Do you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you tonight? He that raised up Christ from the dead. Because Christ didn't faint, he actually died. But there is a he that raised him from the dead. Who didn't leave him in that condition. Shall also quicken your mortal body. The word quicken, there is the word revitalize. Resuscitate. Re-energize. Bring back to life. Restore to the original state. Your mortal bodies. How? By his spirit. Not by way of medication. By his Spirit, thank God for medication and thank God for pharmacists, thank God for doctors and nurses. But hey, he's able to do it by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The Holy Spirit is not just for speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit brings healing also. Can I have an amen? And so I'm trusting God that the gift of healings will be flowing forth from this house. And that God will be using each and every one of you. That as you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Can I have an amen to that? But I want you to get this also for yourself. That the spirit of God in you can quicken your mortal body. And he wants to do that. He wants to revitalize your mortal body. He wants to renew your youth. I quickly attended the matriculation ceremony in UIGLC today. I had a few people uh, who, were, who were matriculating. And the pastor saw me and he walked up to me and said, Pastor, now you need to tell me the secret. I said, secret about what? He said, this youthfulness. He said, this is beyond just, this is grace. I said, glory to God. Just like you said, grace. Look, the Holy Spirit can keep you young. Usually when we talk about 120, living 120 years, which is the will of God, according to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, God said, my spirit will not always strive with man, for that he is flesh, but the number of his days shall be 120. The reason many cannot believe that, cannot believe God for that, is because they know people that are 70 who can barely walk. So they don't want to go there. They know people who are 80 who have been confined to a wheelchair because they're 80. So when they have that mental picture, say, ah, no, I don't want that. Just 70 and by reason of strength, 80. Now, I know a man here in this country, and I'm close to him, who is 90, even though has a driver, still drives himself at 90. And he's not walking like he's wobbling. No, he's strong. His voice is deep and sound. His mind is sharp. I sat with him for one hour and he was telling me stories from way back. He told me the year and the month, I think the month of August, when the very first street light was installed in Nigeria and it was in Lagos. I mean, how do you remember that unless you have a sharp memory? 
They told me that people never used to travel by air from Nigeria to England. They used to go by boat. I said, sir, how is that possible? He laughed at me and said, Fred, it used to be a 14-day journey. And he told me the three kinds of boats, the names of the boats that used to carry people from Nigeria to England. And he said, don't think it was a punishment. He enjoyed the trip because there was so much fun on the trip. He told me the very first day that the very first aircraft airlifted people from Nigeria to England. How many of you remember? I mean, with date, with precision. That's the kind of 120 I'm trusting God for. The man is going to be 91 this May. I have the privilege of anchoring his 90th birthday. Because he likes me so much. Before he turned 90, he said to me, Next year, I'm going to be 90. You are going to ask me. Now, when I see such examples, then I know that 120 is available, is obtainable, and is doable. Why do we want to be 120? Because when you get advanced that much in age, even when you are 90, and you speak, you have become an authority on any subject. Now, can you imagine us telling the younger generation about Jesus. Our message, our only message is Jesus. And we're telling them that, hey, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The 60-year-old will listen to you. The 70-year-old will be forced to listen to you. The 50s, the 40s, the 30s will listen to you. The 20s, when you tell them, no, no, no. If you live like that, you're going to mess up your life. And hey, we're not going to be 90 and be beggars. We are going to be super blessed. Amen. It is all for the glory of God. So when you speak, you are an authority. Nobody tells a 90-year-old anywhere in the world to keep quiet. And this man I'm talking about is the longest-serving, medically qualified anatomist in the world. He's a Nigerian. He's Yoruba. He lives here in Ghana. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Imagine now being a preacher, and he's 90, and then he makes it to 100, and he's still strong, he's standing. Doesn't walk around with a walking stick. At his 80th birthday, I also anchored his 80th birthday, some of his friends, who were even a little younger than him, were coming, and they were wobbling and all of that, and he was making jest of all of them. When I discussed that with one of his daughters, she said to me, that's daddy for you. He makes jest of his friends. My boy, my boy, my boy, okay. My friend walks properly. Why are you, why are you, why are you walking? The person who was holding him forward was the grandpa. So the boy can more dwell on now, more dwell. I'm two years older than you. Said my friend walks straight. And when you are talking to me, talk very slow. And those of them, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Lord have mercy. Moses was 120 years old. Deuteronomy 34 verse 7. When he died, his eyes were not dim, neither was his natural force abated. Look guys, we can hold on to that scripture and hold on to God and say, Lord, I want the renewing of my youth. I believe you for this same thing. Moses even operated under the old covenant. 
we are under the new covenant. The problem, the problem with the body of Christ today, in any area of God's promises, where we are falling short, is unbelief. People just can't believe. They just cannot. When I say that, you know, this year God is going to multiply us and numerically, and then he's going to multiply us financially. Already, some people are pushing that towards other people. Yeah, maybe the boy is in the medical school. Yeah, maybe the girl is in the nursing school. Yeah, maybe not like me. Who am I? What am I doing? Da, da, da. My job is very small. I'm inconsequential. I have just an OMB. I've not even gone to school. And then they cut themselves off immediately because the mind is not renewed. Hey, God loves you to bits. And he really wants to bless you more than you're willing to receive. No one is destined in God's kingdom to be a beggar. No one is destined to be terminally ill in the kingdom of God. No, not one. Strong and healthy and blessed because Christ paid for it all. The same sacrifice. Did you hear he went to the Calvary's cross three times? Because the first time was meant for spiritual sin or for sin. Which is uh, uh, which occasioned spiritual death, which means eternal separation from God, and then he jumped down. Then the second time he went back there to pay the, the price because he forgot, and then he went back there to pay the price for sin and sickness, and, and sorry, for sickness and disease. And then when he was done, he jumped down from the cross, said, Oh, he forgot. Oh, yeah, these people need to spend money, they need to be able to live right and be able to pay their bills and be a blessing to other people. Then he went to the cross the third time. To pay for our lack and poverty. Did you read that in your Bible? One sacrifice. One sacrifice. Cleared it all. So, it is our job to believe him for everything that he died for. He paid for it already. We don't have to pay for it anymore. That's why you see a symptom of sickness in your body. You should be rough with it. Be very rough. With the devil and with that symptom. Be very aggressive in your faith. Guys, if you need to stay awake three hours praying in the Holy Ghost, please do that. Press in with God. And rebuke that thing and tell it to go in the name of Jesus. And it has to go. It might not even be a sickness in your body. It might be something in your family that you are not comfortable with. And Lord, this has to go. Maybe you discover that people are just dying young in your family. Early death is not part of the blessing package. It's not a blessing. And whatever is not part of the blessing package, I don't want it. Early death is not untimely death. Jesus paid the price for it. That's why God said in Isaiah 46 and verse 4, I have made you and I will bear you. I will carry you to who are his. To hairs white with age. God said that. Hairs white with age, not tinted hair. Hairs white with age, not white with stress. Hairs white with age. 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 And you will read expressions in the Bible about Abraham that he was an old man and full of days. And he slept with his fathers. And you read the same of Isaac. And you read the same of Jacob. 
Abraham died at 175. Isaac at 180. Jacob at 147. They were not reported dead. Also, they died on timely death at the age of 65 because of one sickness that claimed their life. Because there was one cancer called carcinoma. No. No. No, Satan, no. We are not going to buy that in the name of Jesus. The doctors may check and find something. Kill that thing with the word of God. Kill it with the word of God. Can I have an amen? Be very rough with it. And how will that happen? Stay in the word and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Tonight I'm going to do a recap on the spiritual gifts. And then I will take it up from there next Thursday. And on and on. We'll finish it. Start the, uh, the, the fruit of the spirit. I'm going to be done with the gift of the Spirit very soon. Then we'll move on to the fruit of the Spirit. But everything I'm talking about tonight is still around the Holy Spirit. If there is a symptom in your body, and you are scared already from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, the Holy Ghost will take care of you. Now, you engage with the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, staying up and staying alert and staying in the Word and staying in prayer and asking Him for His wisdom. Because that symptom in your body might have been occasioned by something you love to eat, which is killing you. And when you pray long enough in the Holy Ghost, they will tell you, this is my wisdom now. You need to stop buying that stuff. Oh, it's very cheap. I like it. It's delicious. It's delicious, but it's killing your body. Can I have an amen to that? It's called the wisdom of God. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraided not, and he will give to him. And let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavered like the, like the wave of the sea, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. The Bible says, if the spirit of him that raised of Jesus from the dead dwells in you. My, the Holy Spirit is my person. <laughs> if he dwells in you, come on, he dwells in me. He dwells in me. Amen. He that raised up Christ from the dead will quicken this mortal body. How? By his spirit. Thank God for multivitamins, but he will quicken this body by his spirit that dwells in you. Part of the body are the eyes. So some of you that have issues with your sight, you can begin to trust God for the quickening of your sight. When I turned 40 also, my eyes began to behave funny. And I went to see a doctor, vision doctor. And he said, well, most good eyes are like that. That when people turn 40, then they begin to see blue, blah, blah, blue. Blah, blah, blue. Double, double. Say, well, it's normal, just that, 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 that. But hey, Moses lived 120 years. Say, well, Moses can expose himself to some demons and cobras and, and all of that. Yeah, I understand that. That's also part of the wisdom of God to know to not overexpose your eyes. The computer system, the screen, the mobile phones, and some of you are on the phone all night, you don't sleep. Even at that, I'm not going to buy the lie of the devil. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in my body, it will quicken my eyes. I've just dropped 
the solution. Somebody's eye problem. The one that quickens the body, quickens the eyes. You can't say, well, this is my body, my eyes are over there, my eyes will talk to you. No, your eyes are part of your body. Your hair is part of your body. He can quicken anything. Can I have an amen to that? May God grant us understanding. The Holy Spirit finding at the very center of our lives. And if the more we give him room and cooperate with him, the better for us. He will give you instructions. He will heal your body. He will encourage you. He will strengthen you. He will help you in your exams. He will tell you the areas of concentration. AOC, don't read rubbish. It's not about reading that actually makes those pass exams. It's reading the right thing. People can read all night, but read the wrong thing all night and face the exam and then nothing they read comes out. But the Holy Ghost doesn't want you to waste your all night waking up and staying awake. He wants you to be productive. He can give you an idea for your business. You've been doing it this particular way. Now do it this way. This is where the key to your prosperity is. Stop struggling. Life can be a continual struggle for the one who does not listen to the Holy Spirit. You want to have a relationship, a godly relationship, and get married. The Holy Spirit knows where that man is. He knows where the woman is. He knows how to get you to connect with them. And he wants to tell you how to do that. Or you can choose to go online and check and join dating sites and all of that. So when we talk about spiritual gifts, we are still talking about the Holy Spirit. Spiritual, from the word spirit. We are talking about the gifts that the Spirit brings to the church. The gifts that he administers to the believers, to the saints. We shouldn't function as Christians without these gifts. So tonight we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Church will be more exciting when the gifts are in operation. Fellowshipping with God will be more exciting. I'll show you one of them. Prophecy, for example, that's the one I'll probably talk about tonight. Prophecy will change your prayer life. There is the impact of the gift of prophecy in your prayer life. They are connected. And if you understand the link, you will enjoy your prayer time more. Prayer will become a delight. You will be worshiping God on another level. It is not just a gift to bless people and to bless you. You can also use that gift in your fellowshipping with God. And boy, untold blessings will come to your life. Unprecedented breakthroughs like never Christians. Things shouldn't be this difficult to achieve. We are missing it somewhere. Either we are not listening or we are not doing what he's telling us to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul the apostle by the help of the Holy Spirit had this burden in his heart. He said now from verse 1, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I don't want you 
ignorant. Because it's possible to be a Christian, be a believer, born again, spirit-filled, and still be ignorant. They said, but I would not have you ignorant. I want you to be aware. What you don't know, you don't know. But I want you to know certain things. They are called spiritual gifts. Concerning this gift, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to know them one by one. Understand their operations and see how you can key in. In fact, covet all of them. And he told you the ones who even covet the most. And we'll look at that quickly, briefly. You know that you were Gentiles carried away with these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. Somebody please repeat the same Spirit. Do you know earlier he said in Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in your body, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body by the same spirit. So it's the same power. The same power that raised up Jesus from the dead is alive today to heal your mortal body. Can I have an amen? Same power. Your body is not dead yet. Jesus actually died. That power brought him back to life. How much more? You, with your body that is still living, come on, it will quicken that body. It will renew your youth. Can I have an amen to that? Can I have a better amen? I love that youth renewal. At 50, I'll still be very young. I'll still be wearing shorts and sneakers. I like to wear shorts a lot, but because I minister, I don't wear shorts. There might be an emergency and they want the pastor to minister and you don't want to come up to the front. That's why usually I'm not wearing shorts, but I mean on a Saturday if you catch me, <laughs> see me in shorts and grab me maybe like a hangout, see me in my shorts. I, I, I shorts. It has a way of just keeping me, making me look like I look. seven years to be 50. Glory be to God. And I tell you, I don't feel 43. I still can sleep. I still can play football. Just, just organize a match and see me on the field. You'd be surprised. And very soon I'm going to resume my typical youth with my father on the field. Praise God. Amen. I just like it when your youth is renewed because we, we, are, we are energized by the Holy Spirit to go around and do the work of the kingdom. Okay, so let's go and pray for somebody. Else. Oh, man, I'm so tired. I can't. Uh, please just uh, help me pray for the person. No, I like to go. I like to still go on evangelism. Let's go on the street, man. Talk to somebody and pray for something. Let's let's start some some soccer if we have the opportunity. By the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit is in us, keeping us alive, well and strong and healthy and blessed. Amen. Same spirit. God doesn't have one special power for cancer, special power for headache. No, that power is for headache. No, same. Same. So all we need is to allow that same spirit to flow. Allow that same power flow. Allow that same anointing flow. Allow. 
because many times we get in the way and block the flow. Get out of the way. Slow. One of the ways we block the flow is through strife. Strife is a blessing blocker. Your faith won't work until there is love there. Galatians 5.16. In Christ, circumcision or circumcision availeth nothing but faith which works by love. Glory to God. Now, there are diversities of gifts for the same spirit. I'd like you to note this one. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God that works all in all. Someone say, God is working in me. Tell your neighbor, God is also working in you. Tell them, the same God working in you is working in me. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without, to bring profit to the kingdom of God. And that way, profit will also come to your life. You can't be bringing profit to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God be putting misery into your life. No. That's why when you win souls or you seek first the kingdom of God, God takes care of you. It's a principle that cannot be broken. Verse 8. Now he began to list those nine gifts. For to one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom. Now notice this is not by education, by the Spirit. None of these gifts is natural. Each of them is supernatural. You can't read your way to the point of now operating the gift of the word of wisdom. Because you have read the book of Proverbs 35 times. Now I can give the word of wisdom. You don't study to get into these gifts. No, no. There is a place to study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That has a place. Second Timothy 2.15. Now this one is a supernatural invasion of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of men. He moves sovereignly to one. He gives the word of wisdom. Not because they have read the book of wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any man lacks wisdom, that's not referring to word of wisdom. That's general wisdom, the, word, the wisdom of God. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men, liberally, and operate enough. But here, he didn't say to everyone, he gives the spirit, the word of, by the spirit, the word of wisdom. He said, for to one, for to one. Now, that doesn't mean only one person can operate that gift. The language used here is to say that this person can have this gift, and the neighbor can have another gift, and to another neighbor, another gift, and to another person, another gift, but it is being worked out, being distributed by the same Holy Spirit. Are you with me tonight? Everyone can have wisdom. Everyone needs wisdom. Everyone that believes God for wisdom will get it, but not everyone will operate the word, the word of wisdom. Not everyone will operate it. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. That is not to say that some people cannot desire it. We are all told to desire it, but the final say is with the Holy Spirit, the administrator of the gifts. Are you with me? All right. To another faith by the same spirit. And some have been confused by this scripture. They say to another faith. That means not everybody has faith. Not every believer. Not all men have faith. No doubt. The Bible says that. But not 
It is not that not every believer has faith. Every believer has faith. That's why you are a believer. 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 You believe. You have faith. All right? But the faith here, I believe I've taught this and you probably still remember, is the gift of special faith. Not everybody operates that gift. And you better be careful around the people that operate it. That gift does not create miracles. It doesn't work miracles. But that gift receives miracles. It can receive anything. And when somebody is functioning under that gift and they make an utterance, my God, it will happen. Whether positive or negative. So, you learn to comport yourself properly. <laughs> Around people. Especially ministers. Now, this is for all of the children of God. Anyway. Amen. To another faith by the same spirit. To another. The gifts, plural, of healings by the same spirit. To another. The working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another descending of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. Now. It is good that we have all these gifts in our church. Nine of them. It makes church more beautiful. Because you see diversity. And you see the same spirit. At the end of the day, when these gifts are in operation, every service becomes impactful. Glory be to God. Next verse. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, that's the administrator. The Holy Spirit is the administrator of the gift of the Spirit. Dividing to every man severally as they will, as they desire, as who will. Come on, talk to me, church. The Holy Spirit will. Because he knows all men. And maybe he can't trust some of us with certain gifts. Otherwise, we become God in the lives of other people. That's why it's important to humble ourselves through fasting. And it's important to work on our character through praying in the Spirit. We come to that place where we're so humble, where we remind ourselves that even though God works through us, we are not God. And that He is God so that He can do much more. Hallelujah. The gifts, the nine of them, are divided into three categories. Now, not in any particular order. I'll just say this. Three of them say something. Three of them do something. Three of them reveal something. The three gifts that say something are called the utterance gifts. Sometimes they're also known as inspiration gifts. People speak as they are inspired. Of those three gifts, the first mentioned is the most important in each subset. The first mentioned is the most important. What are those three gifts that say something? One, the gift of prophecy. Two, diverse kinds of tongues. Three, interpretation of tongues. Of the three of them, the gift of prophecy is the most important. As a matter of fact, the other two, when you add them, when you plus them together, they produce the gift of prophecy. What are the other two? Diverse kind of tongues and interpretation of tongues. When you add the two of them, it is equal to prophecy. What do I mean? The gift of prophecy is a supernatural gift. 
And it reveals to us the mind of God. I wrote it down this way. Um, and I wanted to get it. Um, for those who like to write definitions and things like that. Just a second, I'm going to get it up. I got the definition of the three of them. So, I want to give you the definition. See, I wrote prophecy here, but okay, thank you. I found it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, prophecy is supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Prophecy is supernatural utterance. Americans say utterance in a known tongue. Notice it is supernatural, it's not ordinary. But it is given in a known language. That is, it could come in Yoruba, it could be in English, it could be in German, but it's a known language. Known to the listeners. So, prophecy is not given in tongues. It is given in a known language. Even though it is a known language, nonetheless, it is not less of itself, that is prophecy. It is still prophecy. So don't despise prophecies. It could come in the place of prayer, rising from your spirit, and it bubbles forth out of your mouth. And today, I am going to see the manifestation of the goodness of God. I've been prayed long enough in the Holy Ghost, and then it it just oozes out of your spirit. It drops from your mouth. Actually, one of the definitions of prophecy is to drop, to drop down. And it also means to lift up. <laughs> it just falls. Ha! Like the man of God said, they, they were looking for a, 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 a space for their church in the U.S. Himself and his wife were praying in the Holy Ghost. They prayed, 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 prayed in the Holy Ghost. Now listen, church, let me say this very quickly. Let's take our speaking in tongues to another level. In our private time, when we pray, tell God that you want to interpret. It's good and it's important. Because when you interpret what you are singing, that's when you have a direction. That's when you have a solution to that problem. Like, for example, maybe there's a problem in your finances and you've done everything. You, you, you pay your tithe. You give offerings. You give to the poor. You give to your pastor. You give to your parents. You've covered every area. But still, things are not okay. Now, you may say, okay, I want to go on a fast three days and I want to wait on the Lord. And I just want to talk to him about my finances. Look, guys, let's take every matter to the Lord in prayer. We suffer needless pain all because we won't take it to the Lord in prayer. We'll take it to Google. We'll take it to friends. We'll take it to sympathizers. 
Take it to the Lord. The Lord is your source. You came from him. Psalm 36 verse 9. For with you is the fountain of life. Not even your parents. For with you, God is the fountain of life. Life oozes from you. And in your light shall we feel light. Come on. When you are in darkness, go to the light. In his light, you will see light. So take it to the Lord in prayer. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, and you tell the Lord, Lord, I want to interpret, it will give you the interpretation. As this couple was praying, they were praying, and they were praying the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden, he said it bubbled from maybe his mouth or his wife's mouth, and our church shall be located on Dominion Boulevard. And our church shall be located, they were still praying in tongues. But then it came, the utterance came in a known tongue, in a known language, English, and our church shall be located on Dominion Boulevard. So that both of them heard it. So at that point, they stopped. And they began to check. They didn't even know where Dominion Boulevard was. And they found Dominion Boulevard on, on, their, on their GPS. And they drove there. And they found the property. And they rented it. And they started their journey there. Supernatural. There was a man by the name Pa Elton. Pa, I don't know if any of you have heard about him. He was a British missionary. Who came to Nigeria. He came to Elisha, Nigeria. When Elisha was not yet on the map. God told him in England to go to Africa and to go to a village called Elisha. And as of the time he came to Nigeria, obeying, now that's like Abraham. As of the time he came, there was no Elisha. Now, white people will have, they always have a map anywhere they want to travel to. Some of them have it in the house, they have it in the office. They just pick that place. You couldn't find Elisha. And yet, the Holy Spirit insisted that there was a place called Elisha in Nigeria, in Africa. Elton came and came with his wife, I believe, and I think their little daughter left the comfort of England and came to Elisha. That was a village at the time. Till today, it's not so developed. It's okay, but not so developed. You can imagine what it was like back in the day. This man, God supernaturally positioned him there, and over time, he began to mentor ministers of the gospel. I learned even the late Archbishop Benson Idahosa laid hands on him. The same man, our, our senior pastor, was transferred to Elisha as a copper. So he served in Elisha and met Pa Elton and came under his tutelage for as long as he was in Elisha and got impacted by the same man. It was this man that gave the prophecy about Nigeria that a time is coming that Nigeria will be known all over the world for corruption. It will be so bad that corruption will be synonymous with the name of Nigeria. And now is that time. He said, but another season will come after that, that righteousness will so reign in the land that people will want to attach themselves to every Nigerian. If they meet you in any country and they know you are a Nigerian, they will tell you they want to follow you to your country because they've heard that God is with you. Nigeria will fulfill that prophecy. This happened when there was no corruption. The Lord showed. I'm talking about the supernatural gift of prophecy tonight. I'm talking about, look, the Christian life is not supposed to be ordinary. We are called to a supernatural lifestyle. We are called to live in the supernatural and walk in the supernatural. Let's stop to be carnal like other people. Elisha was not on the map. The man, Pa Elton, came to Nigeria. He never returned to England. Not because he didn't have money to go back. God told him to come to Elisha. He lived all his life in Elisha. 
impacted many generals that we have in the body of Christ today. Many of them, many, many of them sought his attention and tutelage and mentorship. And he died in Nigeria. Good old age. By the spirit. Located in the shack. By the spirit. By the spirit. In fact, as of the time he came, there was no Oshun State. Oshun State used to be under Oyo State. Right? Because I remember when I was in primary school and some of our teachers were leaving, they said because they, they created their state and they had to go to their state. And there was state there, Oshun. There was nothing like Oshun. It was Oyo State and, and Ondo State. There was no Ikiti State. When I was in primary school, there was no Ikiti State. So we knew when Ikiti State was, was created. So you can imagine how hard it would be for him to locate Elisha. But by the Spirit, to what is prophecy? Prophecy is supernatural utterance in a known language. Sometimes, I mean, when we say the glory days are here, I never read that in the book. It was born out of the Spirit of God having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Boom! The Tell them the glory days are here no more down there. I was just in Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 20 and he showed me, your sun shall no more go down. Neither will your moon withdraw itself. And I had the sweet whisper. No more down there. Because I saw your sun will no longer go down. Nobody is going down in this church. Amen. Those watching and listening online, if you, been, if you have been going down before, you are no longer going down in the name of Jesus. Supernatural utterance. It is not ordinary. It's not just what somebody sat down and concocted together and some. Now, that's the difference between prophecy and motivational tips. Motivational speaking is not prophecy. Your attitude determines your altitude. You cannot lower the mountain and elevate yourself. All of those things are things of the head. Prophecy is of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear what I said tonight? Did you hear what I said tonight? And Paul the Apostle by the Spirit said, we should covet to prophesy. You should desire. Tell God, Lord, I want to prophesy. And the Holy Ghost will have me remind you that prophecy is of two types. There is foretelling, that is telling future events that would happen in the future. And there is foretelling, speaking forth, the mind and the will of God. And people run on that revelation. One of my mentors, Papa Kenneth Copeland, would say, one of the jobs of the prophet is to give the people what to say. The prophet gives people what to say. And as they decree, they see things happening in their life. I mean, back in the day, in the Old Testament, when there was problem in the country, they went to the prophet. Today, there are many Nigerian prophets who are commercial prophets. They say things that God did not show them. And so they bastardized the office. And in the new covenant, now the same Holy Spirit that came upon the prophet in the old is now living in us. That does not make all of us prophets, but all of us can prophesy. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. All of us can prophesy. What is diverse kinds of tongues? Diverse kinds of tongues is supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. Listen, is supernatural utterance 
It is also supernatural like prophecy. But this time, it is delivered in an unknown language. So it could come in the form of Gaya Karaba, Duria Bakataga, Lurapodi Samaha, Kush Gagabalekoto, and Diviado Sahalaba. But then he's ministering to somebody at that moment. You just might be speaking someone else's dialect in a very strange land and you are giving them a message. Repent, repent. Stop that thing. Don't go to that club tonight to drink. For I love you and I want your heart tonight. And you see such a person breaking down on the seat and crying. And he comes to the front and gives his life to Christ and you are wondering how. He says, you just spoke to me. How? You spoke my native language. That happened also on the day of Pentecost. People came from everywhere to Jerusalem and they had the apostles speak their natural dialect. I heard of a couple who were having maybe breakfast or lunch and the man of God was in their house and the man of God spoke in tongues and the old man said to the wife, you, taught, you told this man about me. And I didn't tell him about you. He said, no. He just spoke to me in my language. But then the old man looked at the wife and said, you couldn't have told him because the accent he spoke is my own native accent, which you cannot speak. He gave his life to Christ. He was a professor in some university in the U.S. I think it was the man Sid Roth was sharing that encounter. And the man gave his life to Christ. And they got on the streets and started sharing tracks. Some of the students in the university were asking, Rob, what are you doing? I said, nothing. I'm a changed man. I've given my life to Christ. You know these very sound people that are very cerebral? There's no way you can preach Christ to them. They had preached Christ to him. It wouldn't work. But by a supernatural sign. Now, listen. These gifts arrest people's attention. They don't win souls. But they can get them to the point where the preacher now needs to put in the word, put in the secret and draw the harvest. Can I have an amen to that? They arrest people's attention. When you give a word of wisdom, my God, or give a word of knowledge, Nigerians are overtaken a lot by the word of knowledge. have a neighbor that is fat and fair skinned and tall. A woman she sells pepper right in front of your house. Now if that is true, now that catches your attention. Yes sir. She has a son, an only son. Amen. You and that young man had a fight last night. Ah! Sir! Now, the guy has arrested your attention. Hey, word of knowledge. Now there are fake People that use familiar spirits, but they are genuine ones. Okay? And this could be in the service. The worship is going on, and maybe one of the choristers, and that's why our choristers will be full of the Holy Ghost, and they are, praise God, amen. Gives a word and says, there is a sister here, you came to church discouraged this morning, as a matter of fact, you didn't want to come. But the Lord brought you, and the Lord encouraged you, and you are here. The Lord said to say to you, he has seen your tears, is that your cry, and it's coming strong for you this week. My God, and that speaks directly to you. Word of knowledge. I see that a lot in preaching. Sometimes when I preach, and people say, till today, a young man walked up to me in UI and said, 
Pastor, I've been looking for this opportunity to just be close to you. Because I met him on the matric ground and, you know, so we took pictures together. He said, I've always wanted to come close. Every time you preach in church, you know, you're talking about my life. And truth, truthfully, I know him by his face because I've seen him rededicate his life a number of times. But hey, prophecy or word of knowledge is not the same as preaching. Prophecy does not save souls. Jesus didn't say by the foolishness of prophecy or prophesying, people shall be saved. No, it's by the foolishness of preaching. Amen, praise God. You know where that is in the Bible? 1 Corinthians 1, 21. Can we have that very quickly? 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. I have just a few minutes. Because I can't teach everything. I'll just touch here and there and then close the meeting. And then I'll resume the, the teaching from here next week. 121. Right? What does it say? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. The world still didn't know God. It pleased God. <laughs> by the foolishness of preaching. To save them that believe. It sounds foolish. Somebody will just talk, 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 talk. And then somebody will make a life-altering decision. They just stand up. And get out from the crowd and come to the front. I want to give my life to Christ. Let <laughs> put a gun in your head. No. What you said touched me. Because God has chosen in his wisdom. That through the foolishness of preaching, the highest of men, the most esteemed of men, can break down on his knees, weeping like a child, surrendering his life to Christ. I've seen men and women wail like babies. I, I, I feel so dirty. I feel so okay now. You have come to Christ. He's going to clean you up through the foolishness of preaching. This is the foolishness of prophesying. But when you prophesy, it will arrest their attention. Are you with me tonight? Glory be to God. Now, let me say this in closing. Okay, let me give you the definition of interpretation of tongues. I've given you the definition of prophecy. I've given you the definition of diverse kind of tongues. Then let me give you the inter uh, definition of interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of that which has been said in tongues. Is a supernatural showing forth, a supernatural showing forth of that which has been said in tongues. So, something is said in tongues, first of all. Then, there is a supernatural interpretation of it. This could happen by the same person. It could happen by another person. I've seen a meeting where Papa Copeland gave a message in tongues. He said, now the Holy Spirit is giving me something, a message in tongues, and I'm going to release it now. And then he told another minister by the name of Joe Winston, now Bill, the Holy Spirit said that we are going to have this interpretation. And then you come. You know, it's like putting you on the spot. It's like senior pastor is preaching and then he stops and says, I have a burden in my heart, but I'm going to say it in tongues. And one of you here will come out and give the interpretation of what I'm going to say in tongues. Now, at that moment, all the young ministers and all the ministers will put their head down and look away. Hey, don't pick me, sir. And then he says, Kedo Mananiko, Evre Kotoniko, Dulush. Now, 
The Spirit of God has told me that he has put the interpretation in one of you. Now, who is that person? Come out now in the name of Jesus and give this interpretation. Legs wobbling. And he says, now, Pastor Fred, come out here. Glory to God. Now, you better don't go up there with your conjured up words. You know, especially something you've been musing on in the last couple of hours. And you say, oh, yeah, that must be it. <laughs> you can miss it. And if you miss it, he will know. Because the spirit will not bear witness with the spirit. Man, but Dr. Bill got on stage that day and then he gave it. He started out and Papa Copeland was looking at him like, okay, come on, go on, go on. And then he moved on and then he got to it and said, that's it, that's it, that's it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, don't be afraid to prophesy. Sometimes you start these things out in the flesh, but the spirit will catch up with you and take you on his wings. Just like prayer too. Usually, sometimes, you start in the flesh. I mean, sometimes you're just inspired. The burden of prayer comes on you, but there are times that you, you have to start in the flesh. You don't feel like praying, but you open your mouth and begin to worship and praise him and then 15 minutes, you're still struggling. But hey, you get to that point after 45 minutes and it's like you hit a gusher and you go on for two hours and you don't want to stop and you move into the third hour and you don't want to stop. You're now on auto cruise. Man, I've been there. And I, I've, I've enjoyed it. And I'm still, I'm, I still get there from time and time. I love it. I love it. You will love it. Do it. You will love it. And man, at that realm, revelation flows forth. You read the same scripture you've read time and time again. You didn't understand. Understanding it to be like your, your, your spirit was opened up and something got downloaded into you. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. On a final note tonight, notice there is a difference between the simple gift of prophecy and the office of a prophet. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3. I'm going to stop now. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3 tells us the purpose of the simple gift of prophecy. And it is divided into three. But he that prophesied speaketh unto men, one, to edification, two, Exhortation three, comfort. Somebody say edification. When you come up here and you say, Thus saith the Lord, and you prophesy, the simple gift of prophecy, which all of us should have, must have, should covet to have, that Paul the Apostle by the Holy Ghost said, We should covet earnestly to have, is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. What is edification? Build up, to build up the church. Like we say, build your church. Build your church. When you give a prophecy, you build somebody. You are building. Now, if I come up and I say, Claypole. Now, Paul the apostle said, I desire that all men should speak in tongues. He said, but greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks in tongues. Why? Because when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. But when you prophesy, you edify the whole church. So speaking in tongues, for lack of what to say, it's like saying you are being selfish. It's not being selfish, but it blesses you. But when you prophesy, you, you build the church. What do I mean? You charge the church. The word build in John and um, Jude 20, Jude 120. But you beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. The word build is the is the same Greek word that the Jews, well, the, the speakers of that language use to mean the Greek this time. And the same when it's interpreted in the Hebrew, the same word, is used to mean 
my phone battery is low and I want to charge my battery. So instead of saying charge my battery, the Jewish man will say, I want to build my battery. Please, can I use your uh, charger or your connector? Because I want to build my battery. The same word Jude used, he said to build up yourself. What does that mean? Charge up your life. How? Bring the Holy Ghost. But Paul said, as good as that is, I desire that you prophesy. Because greater is he that prophesy. Why? Because it's a blessing. The one that speaks in tongues is blessed. But the one that prophesies is a blessing. Are you with me tonight? But what is the purpose of prophecy? One, edification. That is to build up. So when you come and prophesy, you will build us up. We will be encouraged. A church can be discouraged. Look at that church. The video we played last Saturday at the retreat. The church in America that was beat. Their pastor got caught in adultery and some indiscrepancies. And they had to remove him. The whole church was heartbroken because they loved this man. And you know, this is America. You can't cover it up. And then they got a new pastor. Of course, church was already divided because of that. And then just three months after they got a new pastor, some guys just came to the church and shot some people dead right in the church. So it was like they were coming from a crisis and they got into another crisis. Now, there had better be people that can prophesy in that church to bring edification, to bring exhortation and comfort. What is exhortation? Exhortation is not the same as motivation. No. Exhortation is to draw nearer to God. When you exhort someone, what you are doing is you are bringing them nearer to God. The word has been grossly abused. When you're having a, like a naming program, naming ceremony, or having a small program, and they don't want a long preaching, they say short exhortation. Have you seen that before? And they just say something, just motivate us a little bit and let's go. We don't want preaching. That's why we call it short exhortation. And people don't know that exhortation. It's not exhortation. It's exhortation. E-X-H-O-R-T-A-T-I-O-N. What it means actually is to draw somebody nearer to God. So your prophecy, instead of me, after church, going to hang myself and committing suicide, will draw me nearer to God. And the last bit of it is that the prophecy is also supposed to bring comfort. Somebody say comfort. If it does not bring edification, does not bring comfort, does not bring exhortation, it is not prophecy. Are you with me? But, in the office of a prophet, it doesn't just prophesy. We all prophesy. The prophet does not just prophesy, he brings revelation. You can prophesy. Without any revelation. Did you see revelation as part of it? What did we see? Edification. Exhortation. And comfort. Any revelation there? No. But the moment a prophet speaks, he's bringing revelation. In other words, a prophet will not just have the gift of prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy. It will have at least two other revelation gifts along with the gift of prophecy. Prophecy now becomes the vehicle through which those revelation gifts flow. For example, he might have the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, the two gifts, or he might have the word of wisdom and descending of spirits. That was what made the difference between the four virgin daughters of Philip the Evangelist in Acts 21 and 
Agabus, the prophet. There was a church in their house, in the house of Philip the prophet. He had four daughters, and they were virgins. The Holy Ghost emphasized virgin. That means virginity is a virgin. You still have it, keep it. If you don't have it anymore, the Lord will help you. Don't mess around. Just stay the way you are. You are born again. The Lord gives you a new beginning. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says that they were virgins, four of them. And they used to prophesy. They blessed the church in their house. Paul was there, lodging in their house. But they never saw any revelation about Paul. But the day Agabus came, that guy was on fire. You know this Kogbe prophet. Agabus just came and picked up the gado of Paul. The gado was like the belt. And used it to tie himself. He was tying himself. Prophet, that's called prophetic action. The New Testament church should not lose out on some of these things. He tied himself and tied himself and tied himself and tied himself tight. He said, thus saith the Lord. He brought a word from the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. The man that owns this ghetto, as I've tied myself, this is how the Jews in Jerusalem will tie him and deal with him. And he was not a commercial prophet. And Paul was there crossing his legs. And the people there started begging Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Please don't go. He said, what? What do you mean? You're breaking my heart. Why are you crying? I'm going up to Jerusalem, not only to be bound, but to die, if need be. This scripture, this gospel must be preached at all costs. I'm going to die. He was not afraid. He knew what the man was saying was right. Now, what that man said, when they said they will tie you, they will bind you, they will beat you. Is that edification? Is that exhortation? Does that look like uh, he's uh, comforting? Stand on your feet, everybody. <laughs> but he prophesied. He brought a word from a higher order. Praise God. Were you blessed tonight? Have you been blessed tonight? Let's give him thanks for the word. It is God that gives the word. And hey, church, let's keep coming. Invite more people. Let's keep coming. Let's learn together at the feet of the master. 2023, make up your mind you're going to draw closer to God. And be very deliberate about it. Be very intentional about it. I see God using you guys in various dimensions, in different spheres of influence this year in the mighty name of Jesus. This will be beyond your wildest dream. Maybe I'm prophesying now. It's going to be beyond your wildest imagination. God will shoot you to nations and to places you never ever dreamt of going and he will use you as his mouthpiece and use you as his instrument with a threshing mouth, threshing and sharp teeth, a threshing instrument with sharp teeth in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something about God. When he uses you, he blesses you. He's not a user. He uses to bless. And he will multiply his grace upon your life. Whatever you leave, whatever you drop in the world to follow Christ will be nothing compared to what Christ will bring into your life. Every comfort you left, every sharp practices where you used to make money that you dropped just for the sake of Christ, Christ will make in your life and out of your life that which cannot be quantified. That which is unquantifiable in terms of spiritual blessing that will also translate to material blessing such that what you left behind in the world that you thought was a big thing will pale into insignificance compared to what Christ brings into your life in the name of Jesus. If you understand that, embrace it and receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father,
Father, we bless your name tonight and we give you praise for this opportunity. Thank you for giving us revelation, knowledge of your word. May we be awakened as towards growth, as we 